Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you that we can be here together. I want to thank you that you are just an awesome God. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that as I minister the word today about birth, the power of birth, um, that every person will understand the dynamic and that they will see that power, make use of that power, and see Christ born in them. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to try and force down our opinion of who you are. We can just preach the truth because we can do nothing against the truth. You have believed this good news first and now you've come and shared it with us and we can believe it as well. Thank you for that, my God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak through me in a powerful way today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I was just thinking last Sunday for some of the people that wasn't in the service. Um, I think the Sunday before that. So um, I went to uh, Lesotho. And man, we just had an awesome time preaching in Lesotho. For those of you who didn't hear the testimony about that, I just saw somebody that is in the message of grace, love the Lord Jesus, you know, from this grace perspective. Got a hold of my stuff as well. Watch me on Christ Cake. Got a hold of this. And then he's got a... a um, doesn't have an orphanage, but he feeds orphans. And the difference between the orphans that he feeds and other orphans is this. The orphans that, that, that they feed there and care for is on the border between Lesotho and, um, and South Africa. The Lesotho government says that they are South Africans. They're not going to give them birth certificates. And the South Africans say that they are Lesotho citizens, and they're not, they refuse to give them birth certificates, meaning they don't know what they are. They don't know if they're South African or, or, or Basutus. They don't know. Um, and if they could get from any of the governments a birth certificate, they can at least get a grant, you know, to get some food. Because their parents just dumped them. You know, and uh, I saw a guy that um, he's got a church of about, I would say, 60 to 100 black folk, Lesotho people. And, um, and his mom, with her pension... And the poor people with her pension and with the money he gets from that black church, he feeds 750 kids every day. Every day. You know, and the passion that he has and the, the gospel that he shares and the love, you know, just, I just saw Christ born into this, this person and that gift of hospitality, that gift of being generous, um, it really impacted my life. I mean, I went to go and preach there. They were impacted by the message, but I was so impacted by the fruit that I see the message bears in them. You know, so many times when it comes to the gospel of grace, we can think, if we understand it wrong, that the message of grace is uh, all about God not being angry with you when you do something wrong and God not looking at your sins. Which is true. But the grace message is all about God giving birth to who He is in you. And that's what I saw there. Effortless. Effortless. You know, I asked the guy, I said, now what do you do? And, 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 and when I see what he's done, I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I went to this guy. He's poor. Him and his mom, they're poor. So let's know what Onsal say. Aaron Blancasma. I, I don't know how to say that. Poor white folk. Yeah. They, they, they're suffering. I wouldn't take a cent from them. And what they, what they did, I said to him, I don't want to take any money from you. I give you money. 
And when I left there, um, 400 kilometers later, he phoned me and said to me, listen, just check in, the, in your car seat in the back. I've put 1,200 rand in there for you. I asked him, what do you do if you can't feed those kids? He says, then we sell our furniture. Imagine. And that is what Paul says, I saw the grace of God that came upon the poor churches in Macedonia, how they gave above their ability. And that's what I saw there. In the grace message, it's about God giving birth to who He is in every human being so that we can have God's quality of life free from our efforts, where we can live with true peace in our hearts. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the power of birth. You know, one of the most powerful uh, 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 concepts in the Bible is to be born again. Now, there's different preachers with different uh, uh, ideas about what it is to be born again. But um, what every person basically says about born again is not what I want to discuss today. What I want to discuss today is the concept of birth and the power of birth. Uh, you know, when you are born, if, if you want to be something, and my first point here is, in order to become something, you need to be born into it or as it. For you, and this is the way I want to explain the power of birth. If you want to be a good, you know, the best soccer players aren't made, they are born. The best cyclists are born. If you want to be, if you look at, um, you know, Jamaica, they produce the fastest athletes over 100 meters you can find. Okay, they are born that way. If it was only about training, you, would have found, you wouldn't have found so many of them in the 100 meter or the 400 meter or 200 meter final at the Olympic Games. Because they're born that way. And it doesn't matter how hard you train, you can never possess that success that somebody that's got the natural talent for it have it because he was born that way. And God has not come to man with the plan of I'm going to take somebody that is not something and I'm going to train him until he becomes something. God uses a much more powerful way of transformation called birth. That means any fruit in your life, if, it, if you want it to be sustainable, if you want it to be God's fruit, it needs to be born from God. It cannot be copied. It cannot be made. It cannot be, uh, 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 you know, I'm going to work at it. We don't work at things. The truth is believed and that characteristic of God is born in us. And that is the power of birth. So as Christians, we are not trying to uh, change our lives. We are, the whole thing is God wants to give birth to who He is in us. The word born means the following in the Jewish sense. It means to, or to be born of. It means one that brings others over to his form of life. If God gives birth to you, someone who gives birth to someone else, or the word born, or, to, or the meaning of to be born from, means the following. It talks about someone that brings others over into his way of living into his form of life or into what I call it into his quality of life into the way in which 
he lives into his form of life so if we when God came in Christ his plan was to give birth to people in other words to bring people over into the way he lives and for how many Sundays have I been talking about you know the Trinity life the life between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the truth on how the Trinity functions, how the Father believes in the Son, and the Son believes in the Father, um, and all of them in the very same Spirit. They believe in each other, and they trust each other. The concept where one opens his heart to another one, and what he sees there is so beautiful that it ignites belief and trust and joy in your heart and in such a way the other person gives birth to who he is in you God brings man over into his way of living and I want to say it again especially in grace circles you know uh, when we hear the word faith we feel in our heart Oh my goodness, we are back in works again because we must believe. I want to tell you, if faith irritates you, you cannot be part of God. Because God is a being that lives by trust because He has got a revelation of the value of the other person. God believed in man, therefore He became a man. Okay? Uh, when we believe in God, we find that who God is manifests in us. I'm going to look at the birth of Christ, for instance. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Luke 2, 11. So, what I'm trying to say is, birth has got much greater power than imitating. And God's plan wasn't for you to imitate Him, but to bring you over into His way of living by His power. He came and He introduced Himself as Father. I want to just bring that point. I want to put this at the end, but I want to bring it in here. The word Father means the following. <clears throat> One who has infused His own spirit into others by which their minds are now governed. Now let me explain that. <laughs> a father, in the Jewish sense, where you say, God is my father, or um, you would say, uh, like Jesus would say to the Pharisees, your father is the devil. They said our father was Abraham. Now, literally, their father was not Abraham. Their father was maybe a guy called John or Peter or whoever, a Jewish guy. But they saw Abraham as their father. In other words, what they were saying is we have the thoughts of Abraham and Abraham has infused how he lived into us to the point that the way Abraham was thinking is how we are living today. He's my father. And God came and the whole Old Testament, you will see, he never, he's never introduced as father. But in the New, Jesus comes and he introduces God as father. Now the concept of father, and I've said it before as well, the word father eliminates most traditional church doctrine. Because the word father means the following. I will give life to you. I will care for you. I will provide for you. I will serve you. I will give you my kingdom. I make you my heir. 
That's what father spells. But our concept of father was the one that we must work for. But that is not the concept of true father. True father means if the father calls you son, you've entered into a completely different dynamic. In the Old Testament it was leader and servant. The moment you call God your father, you call yourself heir. The moment you call yourself, you call God your father, you are calling yourself son, meaning equal to. Possessing the kingdom of. I am in his likeness. I'm in his image. He came and introduced God as father. That's what he came and introduced. So a father is someone, let me read the definition again, and I, I got this from Thyre Greek definitions. This is what it says. One who infuses his own spirit into others by which their minds are now governed. One who can take his spirit, put it into someone else, and then that one's thought pattern will be governed by the spirit of this one. <laughs> that is a father it talks about birth that's how birth takes place is when God's spirit is infused into you now the word fusion means the following you know fusion isn't the Gillette razor I don't know if some men will know what I'm talking about <laughs> fusion there's different forms of fusion one would be where you take zinc and you take copper, you put them together, and you get brass. A new metal was formed because two was fused together. It all talks about when you, when you melt two things, put it together, and when it stalls, then you find something new. So God melts you down, melts himself down, make it one, and make a new being. That's fusion. He, when he infuses his spirit with you, then he gives birth to your thoughts. And as a man think, so is he. That's how God changes us. That's how this birth takes place. For God to become a human being, he could not in heaven act like a human. He had to be born a human. Because if God would act like a human in heaven, he would, not become a, he would not be a human. He had to be born a human. And we can read that in, uh, 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 um, in Luke 2.11. It says, Jesus was, as he today, was born in the city of David, a Savior. So for him to be our Savior, he was born a Savior. Savior means to keep you safe, to protect you. He was born that way. It wasn't Jesus acting like a savior. He was born that. In his presence is where it happens. It can't but be that way. He was born that way. He was called the son of God. In other words, when Jesus was born, he was the one that, which we could say, in this man was infused God's thoughts. He was born from God. But he, God got this thing right. Listen to this now. This concept is so wonderful. Jesus was born from God. Okay, so it was a God-man, but the Bible also says 
that Jesus born of a woman in Galatians 4. So he was fully man and fully God. And that is the fusion between God and man where this being had the place of man in the stature of God before God, representing all of mankind. Isn't that beautiful? And then in that state, he could do certain things. And what he did was he died. He died the flesh man away, the works righteous man away. He was raised with a glorified body. God infused into human flesh, into glorified flesh, speaking about every one of us every day. So one thing we must understand in the Bible, the Bible talks more about Jesus as the Son of Man than what it talks about being the Son of God. He said in John chapter 12, verse 23, he says, um, the time has come that the Son of Man must be glorified. So his flesh came from Jesus, from Mary, okay, born from Mary, but born from God. His spirit inside human flesh. And then he said, Unless, let's put it this way, unless God was born into human flesh, it was impossible for human flesh to be glorified. He had to be born into that. He had to be created into that. That he could be the full, that he could be fully man. The only way I can explain it is, is by another analogy is, if, if I act like a dog, I'm not a dog. I need to be born a dog to represent a dog. In the very same way, God was born into man to represent man. Not with the power of emotion of I forgive you. Not with the power of um, well I'm not keeping something against you. But with the power of birth. Birth talks about 100% fusion. Becoming one with. God became a man. A man under sin. Fully man. Fully representing every human being and then he died he was he rose again in glorified flesh and now what happens is that is true about every man and he wants to give birth to what's true there in your life the only way he can do that is by infusing his spirit with you and how can he do that you believe him you accept His Spirit. When you accept the Spirit of Christ, which I will explain now, when you accept that Spirit, you find that that Spirit governs your thoughts, governs your life. The simple way of saying it is, I believe that truth. When I believe that truth, that He died, that He rose again, and all those kind of things, then I find that that truth starts to govern my life, and I am born from that truth. So as Christians, we are not preaching a gospel of getting people to live a better life. We're not preaching a gospel of getting people to live more prosperous concerning their money every, every month. That's not the gospel we are preaching. We're not saying God will not care for people, but that's not the gospel we preach. The gospel we preach is you can be brought over to God's kind of life by God. And he made it possible that there is something that is really true that we can believe so that truth can bring forth joy to our lives. When, when we believe something, once somebody said to me on Facebook, they said, well, Bertie, well, then we can just believe anything that's good and we will have the fruit of it. 
you know, because if I just believe, like say any other religion, you know, I believe in something that's good, it will bring joy to my life. Yes, it will, for a while. But, if it's not true, it will only be something that's just in your mind for a while. And it will be equal to your own effort of trying to psych yourself up into that joy or into that peace. It's, you, you, like for instance, meditation. Months ago I spoke about meditation. If you meditate on certain things, forget the gospel, I'm talking about you know, just meditation to have peace and to get yourself into a place of joy and all those kind of things, it will definitely help. I remember the time when I started to think of, study a little bit of Eastern religion and those kind of things and did some meditation. It did go better with me because I didn't feel so condemned anymore. Because I wasn't, there was no laws anymore. So I took the law out of the way and I'm starting to meditate on, you know, peace and this tranquility and the state of peace and all those kind of things and just basically get your mind empty. And you do feel better. But then you've got to do it more to feel more better or to keep it. It's almost like drugs. You've always got to go a little bit further to keep the same feeling. It's, a, it's again a human effort to try and reach God's quality of life or God's way of living. Where God said, I will bring you over. I'll bring you over. I'll bring you over to a place of peace. So, what I found in true Christianity, in, in the truth about the gospel, is once something is really true and you believe it, that truth can manifest in you forevermore. I don't believe that Jesus took away the sin of the world so that I can feel good every day. I believe it because it's so. It would be as foolish as believing Nelson Mandela was never president of our country. If I say Nelson Mandela was never president of our country, you know what that means? I can even teach my children that. And they can live with that in their lives. But there's going to come a day when they're going to realize Nelson Mandela was president of the country. And they will have to deal with the fact that he was. In the very same way it is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not preaching this to have a church. We're not preaching this to take up an offering at the end of a service to get some money. I'm not preaching this to have a ministry on the internet. We are preaching this because it's so. <laughs> That's the only reason. If I get support to do it, or if I've got to work a job to do this, it doesn't matter. This is what we preach because it's the truth. This is the way it is. Jesus took away the sin of the whole world. He was infused into human flesh. He died away the sin of the whole world. He died away every form of distance between God and man. He was seated at the right hand of the Father where we are co-seated with Him. Which, I tell you, when you say those words, it is just amazing. Colossians, where Colossians says that the fullness of the Godhead indwells Jesus bodily and we have His fullness right now of the Godhead. Because it is embodied in a human being and I'm a human being. And I'm seated with Him. Listen, those things, it is not a matter of, listen, it becomes true if you believe it. It is the truth. If you believe it or not, should you believe it, then that truth will be infused into you and that truth will give birth to God's way of life in you. That's why you want to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, 
my goodness, how will it be infused into you? In the Old Testament, you will see that people did live by faith, and there were many faith heroes mentioned in Hebrews 11. But the word faith was only mentioned twice in the Old Testament. Twice. Of which one is referring to the New Testament, which says the righteous shall live by faith. And it's over 200 times mentioned the word faith. The word faith and the word belief combined is mentioned over 400 times in the New. And twice in the Old. What does it mean? It means God has brought us over now to His way of life. Which is where we can trust and where His Spirit can be infused into us. I want to remind you of the definition of the word spirit. Spirit means a vital principle that's animated or brought to life. What is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is the attitude... Now, I'm not taking away the Holy Spirit now. I'm just trying to explain the spirit of something. On a Saturday, there's a spirit of rugby in South Africa. There's a vital principle that says, at about three in the afternoon, I'm either going to be happy or sad. But this time, we're going to make it. Amen. We are happy now. We, we've, that's, a, that's a spirit for a Saturday. It's the principle. The principle is, you're going to work, if you work on Saturdays, until about 12, you already start to rest at Friday afternoon, but you're going to start to work at, until 12, and then you're taking off. That's the vital or life principle for a Saturday. On a Sunday's life principle is this. You go to church, or if you don't go to church, you, you rest the whole day. In the same way, God has got a certain principle by which He lives. And that principle is the principle of influence when it comes to others it is I will influence you I'm the only source of life and I'm not selfish I want others to have this very same life so this is my principle I'll influence dust <laughs> with who I am to the point that that dust can have my quality of life I'll influence that word influence is called the word grace I'll grace nothing that a planet comes forth. And I'll grace the dust of that planet that somebody in my equality can stand up, that I can share this quality of life worth. That we call to be born. Birth. Amen. To be born. Amen. Say my name. Follow was the only cat. Yeah, what a boodschap. Was niks erger as a phone wil afsit as hy moet afsit. In the English, there's nothing worse if a phone doesn't want to switch off. Yesterday I was cycling and Helena, what she's got, she's got 20 alarms to wake us up in the morning. One is to tell you that the other one is going to come now. You know? And then you, you wake up. And then you wait for the other one to say that you must put the one foot out of the bed now. And that's how it works. Otherwise, we don't wake up. So my phone broke. You know my phone broke, I said, last Sunday. So now I'm using her phone. So I went cycling yesterday. So now we're in a bunch and we're cycling. And now the alarms 
I can't reach the thing. It's in the pocket and I can't switch it off. So we're just cycling. <laughs> the thing rings and rings and rings. So, compassion. No problem, no problem. So, when it comes to God and He brings us over to His form of life, that we call birth. He wants to give birth. And this is what He said to Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I want you to know this, that you cannot understand anything that I want to tell you unless you are born again. Unless the spirit by which I think and reason, the spirit in which I operate, which is the, the concept of I will influence you with who I am. I will love you unto you looking like me. The idea of I am the only form of life. And the only way you can have that life is by me giving it freely to you or me indwelling you. That is His Spirit. He said to Nicodemus, unless you are born of that Spirit, unless you are infused with that belief, unless you believe that, you will never understand anything I do. You will not be able to see the kingdom. You will not be able to experience the kingdom. You will, my way of doing things will mean nothing to you because you need to have your birth from a different way of belief. What you believe now is you are a Jew and because you are a Jew, you are the people of God. If you are born of that spirit... You will never understand my reasoning because I will go to a Gentile and say to him, I bless you. You will never be able to comprehend it. You will understand my kingdom. I will go to a person that has never confessed their sins and tell them your sins are forgiven you. And you will say, but no. This cannot be. So unless you are born from a different life principle, Unless you are the, the, the spirit of how I think becomes the foundation from where you believe and think and your mind is governed, everything I do will make no sense to you. That's what he said in uh, um, John 3. Nicodemus comes and says, teach me Lord. He says, you are my teacher. He says, Rabbi. Okay, teach me. He says, what he basically says is, for me to teach you is a waste of time. Because you cannot understand what I try to say. You will not be able to see it. And he's actually trying to teach him now. You know, you won't be able to see the kingdom. You will not be able to understand the kingdom. For someone that is born from the Spirit, if you look at him, you don't know where he comes from. You don't know where he's going. It's just confusing. It's like coming to a church saying to somebody, listen, you're under no law. Yeah. And then they say, okay, that means you're going to sin. You say, no, no, that means you're not going to sin. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand. The reason why I don't understand is because the source from where you think, the, your, your thoughts aren't born from God. It's still born from the law. Yeah. 
You cannot understand. That's why trying to explain the kingdom is not the... That's not what we try to do to people in evangelism. What we try to do is to bring a new life principle to them. Telling them, you are forgiven. Because through the disobedience of one man, everybody was made sinners. Through the obedience of one, everybody is made righteous. And now you are invited into this place of innocence where you can start your relationship with God. And once that takes place in your mind, then you can start to explain things like birth. And it makes sense. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's read one or two verses more. And I just like this definition. One who has infused his own spirit into others by which their minds are governed. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, <clears throat> you know, if you, if you speak something against the Son of Man, Jesus, the Son of Man, when He was on the earth, the, 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 who He was there, it can be forgiven you. But if you sin against the Spirit, it can never be forgiven. What that means is, how will you ever have God, if you didn't understand who Jesus was when He walked on the earth, those Jews, they didn't understand who He was. But, but the Bible says when He was raised up, you know, and they saw Him, then they said, oh yeah, this is He. Okay, so that means if you didn't understand who Jesus was when He walked on the earth, no problem. You could still understand it. But if you resist the Spirit of God, in other words, if you say, I am against the principle that one takes away the sin of all, how will you be born of God? For that is what He wants to infuse with your spirit, the vital principle from where you live, so that He can govern your thoughts and your life by His resurrection life. My goodness, you cannot resist that because how will you have life? You know, we've got this concept of God as a God in heaven that says, well, I'm sitting here and I'm, I can bless you anytime with eternal life, but here is my spirit. So if you love him and embrace my spirit, then I will give you eternal life. That's not how it works. The way it works is this. We've been brought over into God's way of life, which means when I partake of a certain way of belief, it brings forth a certain way of life. That's what it means. And then he says, if you do not embrace my spirit, what is his spirit? The spirit that you are innocent. The spirit that you are His kind. The spirit that your sin has been taken away from you. The spirit that you've got a place in the Godhead. That spirit is a spirit in which God lives. If you cannot embrace that, how can my form of life be born in you? You need to embrace it. And this is a, this is a thing, you know, I was listening with Nico and Annette, and um, we were talking about that embracing part. From where does that come? Is that a human thing or what is that? There's certain things that I had to uh, uh, accept for myself. And especially people watching via the internet, I want you to, to just think of this for a moment. <clears throat> if we have been made the God kind, then as God has got the ability to come to look at facts 
to have compassion on someone and then decide to act on it, we have the same. To me it was a scary thought because I was so scared I mess it up again. But I realized that, that was, that's my design. I, I can say, well, it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, but I'm just fooling myself because I am the God kind. And God comes and He reconciles the whole world unto Himself and then He stands before this whole world that He has reconciled and He says to them, be ye now reconciled unto me. Accept the fact that I've reconciled you. The Bible says that by faith we've got access into grace. This is how it says it. By faith we have got access into the very grace wherein we stand. So you stand in the grace, into, in the influence of God, for God influenced the whole human race unto not being guilty anymore. But by the persuasion of this truth, by having the concept of who I am and, and uh, that, that I have, joint with the concept of who God says I am is diffusion. And from there, I'm born. Again, born from Him. My life is born from Him. You cannot have peace in an area of your life. So you struggle, you stress about money, for instance. Don't try and think, I have peace, by quoting the verse and say, um, well, you know, whatever verse. This is now going to give me peace. No, 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 no. You must go and sit down and hear God's thought about why you will always be cared for. And as you hear his argument, and that argument gets embraced by you, you will find he gives birth to peace in your life. That's how it works. God has come and He called Himself Father. He calls Himself Father. The one who brings others over into His way of living. When He calls Himself Father, what He says is, whatever will be in you must be born from Me. Imagine I try and teach my neighbor's son to look like my son. It's a problem. It's not going to work. I find, you know, when people look at my at, at, at pictures of my children, they say, they look like the father. Would have nice if, would be very nice if they said they look like the mother. Would have been good for them. But they look like the father. <laughs> they were born that way. For them to change that will be very difficult. It's going to cost them a lot of money and doctors and all those kind of things to change the way they look. But they will always have some kind of a look like the father. Because it was born in them. It's the power of being. God is not interested. He's not interested in getting you to live right. He's interested in having the power of being holy manifest in you. And that's what He made possible in Christ. So that we can be born again. 
And he said to the Jews, he said to Nicodemus, you were born from Moses. You're born from the flesh. You are born from, I am a child of God because in my flesh I'm a Jew. But there's a different place of birth. I want you to be born from this revelation. If you read on from verse 17 onwards, if you can see the Son of Man hanging upon a cross as the snake was lifted up in the wilderness even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that whosoever believes on Him might be saved or have eternal life what that means is unless you can see the law man crucified how can you have my quality of life for my concept about you the way I lived between the father the life between the father and the son is not based on laws it's based on value it's based on equality it's based on trust and belief in each other and he says what separates you from that is the concept of I haven't done right I don't qualify. If you can see that system crucified, that's how you become born again. Because that's how my spirit is infused with you because you are saying, I believe what God believes. The only way this infusion, this, this fusion can take place is by you believing the truth. The way you believe this truth is not a work from your side. It is something that rises in your heart. The only thing that's from your side is you give over to it. You yield to that truth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to end off by reading John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And... Um, Thank you, Lord. So before I read that verse, just imagine, imagine that the power of your life was based on the willpower ability that you had to copy something. What a weak life. What a weak life. But God came and introduced man to birth. I'll give birth <laughs> to my kind. In the very simple ways, like Peter says, he says, we are born of the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. So what is the Word? It is the message of what Christ has done for us. It's the gospel scheme, the gospel plan of one representing all. It's the message of the worksman is crucified, he died, and a glorified human being rose from the dead. Amen. That is the incorruptible seed. That word talks about Jesus as an incorruptible human flesh. When that seed is dropped in our hearts, in our belief, it brings forth God's life. Not you, it. 
the word brings forth God's life. Listen to it this way. It says in verse 12, verse 11, he says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power. That word power means the authority Okay, to become. That word become is also like the word to be born. To be generated. Okay. The sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name. So to receive. Let me explain receive quickly because we've got a concept of receive that makes it very difficult for us. Everything you ever need to receive. To have holiness. You don't have to kind of receive it from the heaven. You know, I remember years ago I was standing in the charismatic church and they would say to me, Receive! (laughs) I receive! But I'm receiving! No, you need to receive! Then it flows, my brother! But what's happening? I'm not not receiving. I want to receive. And somebody once said this way and, and, and it just blessed me so much Jesus received everything on your behalf in his resurrection that's all so I don't try to receive health I don't try to receive a car I don't try to receive money I don't try to receive peace the way we receive, according to this verse, is we believe. We rest our mind that He has received it all. And that concept of the gospel brings forth, gives birth to who He is today in your life today. And that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's effortless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've seen in ministry... It, it's, there was times when I worked very hard to reach people. I worked very hard. And I did reach some people. I did reach thousands of people. And then there came a time when it was not about trying to reach many people. It was all about having this wonderful word infused into my spirit. And he started to govern my mind and start to govern my ideas and it started to govern my actions and I find that with much, much less effort today I'm reaching so many more people with the gospel Hallelujah I always wanted to plant churches here and there but I find <laughs> many churches are planted out of my website at homes growing into churches all over the world in different languages and I've never even traveled to those countries where I can like yesterday I went I'm not just saying we can just have a life of just spending money or whatever but yesterday we went down to Longaban my wife and I and, and the kids and we just had nice lunch and we just enjoyed the day and in that time there was I don't know how many people on the website listening to the gospel of Jesus Isn't that awesome? Now, to try and explain, do less and get more done, to someone who is not first born from the Spirit of God, or the principle from where God thinks, will be like, you're just lazy. 
You're just lazy. But it's not. Here we see, he says, as many as, as many as received him. In other words, believed upon what he has done. Ask yourself the question, what has he done? He's, God became a man to make man in the level of God. Amen. That's the question. When you believe that truth, it says the following, you, to them gave he the authority to come into being to be born of God. In other words, your life is born of God. These are those that believe upon his name. Listen to verse 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of a man, but born of God. <laughs> listen. Listen to this. The word born means to come over into into being, okay, because of a certain spirit. If you're born of the, of the will of a man, you can never come over into the being of God. You'll always be in the being of the will of a man, which will be fleshly. You always think you're better than someone else. You always judge someone else as a sinner. You'll never have true peace in your life. You always feel you're a bit better. Knowledge puffs up. You always want to send people to hell. Where the gospel is not like that. It's where compassion is in your heart. You know, the other day we, we were driving, we saw somebody next to the road um, that was drunk and just passed out on the road. I can't tell you the compassion that rises in my heart when I see that. But if I look at a time back, I would just say, what saved the Osu? Why does he drink like that? Stupid. But now I don't feel that. I feel something born in me. I feel something born in me. I watched a movie about, which had something to do with the, with the old apartheid system and the whole thing, you know, that I felt such a compassion on people that I couldn't sleep a whole night. I felt a compassion, man. In my heart, I tell you, it's born from God. It's not me deciding to have compassion on people. It was, I saw the principle of God loving all people. God taking away the sin of all people. God saying nobody's guilty. God loving everybody equally. And now what happens is when we see somebody that has believed in this truth, God has formed his life in this person, now we say he's the special one for God. No, no, no. All people are special. Amen. All are special. The only difference between my life and someone else's life is I've accepted this truth. He, he has not accepted this truth. All we do is we bring this truth that they can believe and have the power of being born from God, being brought over into God's quality of life. God has not come to bring us over into any form of life less than His life. And the only way for you to experience His life is for it to be born in you by Him. The only channel into that is the truth is preached to you 
you believe it, for that is what I call a trinity reality. You can't get away from it. That's the truth. I want to tell you something. This message, uh, um, you can go and try and share it with people, you can preach it, whatever, but the, when you share it, this is what Jesus said, some accept accepted me and some rejected me. If they accepted me, they will accept you. If they reject me, they will reject you. So, the principle that gives us joy is not if somebody accepts or rejects. Let them do whatever they want. We're just telling them that they really did win the lotto. If they can believe it, wonderful. And I want to put it this way. Speak it in a way that is so full of the truth, that's so radical of the truth, that it can resonate with the radical truth that God has already preached in their hearts. I'm not trying, you know, and, and uh, yesterday I put a thing on Facebook about uh, Jews. <laughs> and the one guy said to me, Bertie, you know, you should not talk about the Jews, you know. It's not good for your financial support from America. I'd rather work a job than not say the truth. So many times, you know, we, we think, and this is what I said there, and this is many times the concept by, uh, uh, in, 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 which, in, in which we live. We think that we're going to make the Jews jealous by how much money we have. There's been that teaching in the charismatic world. God wants to prosper you financially. Because if you're very rich, then the Jews are going to become jealous. And the Bible says that they will become jealous because of you. And the only thing that will make a Jew jealous is a lot of money. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says they will become jealous because you have not worked and you've been blessed. And they've worked and they don't get anything. That's what will make them jealous. They will see God upon us. They will see peace in our eyes. They'll see joy in our life. They'll see a life born from God. Amen. And that whole thing about getting more money to get a Jew to become jealous is a law trap that will destroy your life. It is not part of God's spirit, God's way of thinking about your life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you that we can be here together. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit or the vital principle in which we can live. And thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit that is present with us every day. Thank you, Lord, that your character traits is deposited into our life by way of birth. Thank you, Lord, that we are not like unnatural children to you. Like an athlete that's just naturally a good tennis player. For he's born that way. We are naturally kind. We are naturally generous. We are naturally full of peace. We are naturally full of joy. For we are born that way. Thank you Lord that you've made it so clear on how the seed works. It's the seed of your word. 
that seed germinates and grows as we rest our mind in the fact that it's true. Thank you that faith and belief is not a work, but it's a state of rest in what you've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your quality of life was made available for free, that we don't have to do window shopping anymore, just looking through the window saying, well, I want that, I want that, I want that. You brought the product to our homes, to our hearts. In you, we live and move and have our being. You've come close to us all. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to take part in your Trinity dynamics, your kingdom, it's called. Thank you, thank you, Lord. And thank you that we can preach now the gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Your kingdom has come to us. And we partake of it in a, in a generous, wonderful way. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. I want to just say, I'm going to Zambia uh, next, the end of the month, on the 29th, I'm going to Zambia. And uh, we are going to put up uh, our mission station over there. We're going to put the first building up and we're going to draw the well. So what I want to do there is we want to move the pastor's house over to the land that we bought. And uh, then we're going to, um, we'll have to, there's no water there, so we'll have to drill a well over there. And we will put one little place for me to stay when I go. And then on the next, next trip, we will build the rest of the stuff. And um, I mean, I did get some donations uh, towards this, but there's still some, some money outstanding for fuel to get there. So uh, if you want to give towards that, I will, I will really appreciate, appreciate that. So um, if you want to give, I've never even announced this. If you want to give uh, online, you can just go to the website, dynamicministries.com. And if you want to give towards the church, um, or whatever you want to give, you just uh, put it in the memo. What, what number was it? Reference. The reference. Just put it in there, what it's for. So if you want to give towards Zambia, you can do it that way. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. If anybody needs prayer, I'll be here praying for people. Amen. God bless you guys.